Welcome in to DNVR Bets Daily. As always, RK and Professor Dre, the math magician here, riding with you, trying to make you some money, as always. Unfortunately, Dre, we didn't make much money last night in the KBO. Both one game under 500 on the night. One and two for me, two and three for you. And, of course, uh, the one that we disagreed on, uh, you were right. I was wrong. That's a shame. Yeah, kind of saved my night because one and uh, one and three would have been disastrous, but two and three I'll take. See, I would have been two and one. Uh, my guy, you know, I told you, I don't think I said this on the show, but I told you before the show. Yeah, I said he either gets shelled or he throws like a one hit shutout, mm. and he got shelled. You know, there were two outcomes. Mm. We went yeah. for the more, uh, I don't know, I guess dangerous Profitable. one. Yeah, the dangerous and more profitable, and it just didn't work out for us. Uh, So we'll get back on the horse later when it comes to the KBO. But we're excited for this show because if you didn't know, tomorrow is the MLB draft. And while usually the MLB draft comes and goes quietly uh, for most sports fans, this is all we've got right now. And I think a lot more people are going to be interested in the MLB draft this year than are normally. And we at DNVR are especially interested in it because those of you who may have followed our NFL draft coverage, um, we had a ton of fun with it. It was a huge hit. And we said to ourselves, why not do this with every, with every sport? And so DNVR draft day live, it's coming through baseball style tomorrow. And of course, it will be hosted by the great Drew Creaseman and the great Patrick Lott now on the show, and we're super excited to have him. Drew, how you doing, man? Wow. So, uh, look at this. What an honor. Long <laughs> time, first time. Yes. Well, Thanks for great. having us on. Welcome in, Patrick. How are you? Thank you. It's uh, as, a, as a child growing up in New Jersey, it's always been my dream to be on this show. So, wow, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you guys are uh after Curtis Blades and uh, the the German guys from the Cover Two uh, Draft podcast, so in in illustrious company, I'd say. Yep, third time's a charm is what. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. better not screw this up. Uh, we're excited to have you guys on. First, before we get into the betting side of this, give us uh, a little bit of a preview of what you guys are going to have for people tomorrow. What they have to look forward to from a, from an MLB draft coverage standpoint. Yeah, we are we are going to be on air for I'm going with a while. Uh, where it's going to be at least three hours of coverage. The Rockies are going to be picking twice at ninth and thirty fifth. We're really going to be diving into the picks over those first top ten, you know, and then more beyond that. We're going to be talking about the Rockies organization. If you're not familiar with the farm system, you're going to get filled in. We're going to look around the NL West so you know how it kind of stacks up with the other teams that they're closest to. We are going to have guests. We've got Ryan McMahon confirmed for this thing. We're going to be talking to the head of Rockies player development and Zach Wilson. We've got a lot of people from the media whose names, you know, people like Tracy Ringlesby, play-by-play man, Drew Goodman's going to be on board. Oh, and, and we're barely scratching the surface on the guests there. So we're going to be around for a while. We're going to be celebrating the game of baseball, uh, which hasn't had a ton to celebrate lately. <laughs> Um, and, and we're going to be having a great time. We're going to paint the entire picture because, uh, as a lot of the listeners know, you know the MLB draft is a lot different than the other three major sports. These players, while they, they may have a lot of upside and are very exciting players, 
you're going to forget about them for a few years because you're not going to see them at Coors Field for until 2022 at the earliest, you know, and that's if all things go perfectly. So we're going to, again, try to show you a little bit of everything about the importance of the draft and, and all the different facets of what goes into creating a championship team. And, and this is one of those ways. Really, uh, really getting the people excited there, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will kidding. say on the flip side of that, you the other thing is you can't just ignore it for that reason because take a look at your Colorado Rockies and John Gray and Kyle Freeland and Ryan McMahon and David Dahl and Brandon Rogers and Sam Hilliard and Scott Oberg. And where did all these guys come from? They were all taken during the MLB draft. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah, the road was long, but you, you have to get these things right as well. So this is a big deal for the Colorado Rockies and for every team in baseball, especially with it being now just five rounds when it's been a 40 round affair in the past. There's, we've never seen anything like this MLB draft either. It's going to be insane. Awesome. Super, super excited, uh, to see what you guys have in store for us tomorrow. Coverage starting at 5 p.m. I know I'll be down at the bar. Drew, you'll be down at the bar hosting from there. So if you guys want to come and hang out, have a beer, learn a little bit about the MLB draft, I'll be right with you there uh, learning alongside you. So let's jump in because Andre and I, you know, we started this show shortly after the NFL draft. And we said to ourselves, man, it would have been really fun to do NFL draft prop bets because there was stuff like, Henry Ruggs over under 15 and a half, I remember was up there. And I was like, oh my God, crush the under. You know, there's a bunch of options like that. And we do have that for the MLB draft. So uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't see the Henry Ruggs over under 15 and a half line on here, but I have a feeling you guys might have some strong takes. Andre, uh, you know, something you guys should know about Andre. Andre knows about every draft of every sport. I have no idea how he does it because. Just the, filling my brain with NFL stuff, NFL draft stuff, feels like it's going to make it explode. So Andre has some good stuff. These two have some good stuff. I'm going to listen, learn, take notes, and try to make money off of it with the rest of you. So Andre, I'll let you get us started here. Yeah, I'm a sick man. That's how I do it. Um, so I really think that this draft sets up the first three picks should be chalk. In fact, we didn't even have lines on guys like uh, Spencer Hulkinson. Get Getting that right on the pronunciation, Patrick? <laughs> We're getting close. I'm the okay. pronunciation guy. Torkelson. Torkelson. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and then Austin Martin out of Vandy should be second. And Asa Lacey, the pitcher out of AM, should be third. That's where it should really go chalk. Then things get interesting. And that's where I want to run a couple of these lines by you. Because I'm torn on what's going to happen. Four, five, <laughs> six. I think there's a bit of a sliding door scenario depending on what the Kansas City Royals do with that fourth pick. It seems like Veen, the uh, out prep outfielder out of Florida, is going to be maybe the slight favorite to go at that fourth pick. If he goes at the fourth pick, it seems as though the Blue Jays at five would go with a pitcher. But if Veen is there, they would go Veen. And that would leave Nick Gonzalez, who would be the candidate at four, to slip to six. And there's another scenario where Nick Gonzalez goes to four, Veen then drops to five, and I think maybe Max Mayer goes to six. Are we all kind of on board with that? And does that mean we're all on board with Zach Veen under five and a half? Or a, a yes to go under five and a half? I think so for Veen. He's, he's been the, the one guy who's kind of shot up charts where people are just really 
getting excited and getting enticed by his his left-handed swing. Again, a high school kid out of Southern Florida. He just really projects well. Looked fantastic last year in the Under Armour All-American game during batting practice, just swatting balls in in the right field bleachers at Wrigley Field. So he's a guy, you know, that that really could be the first major surprise of Mm -hmm. things going. You know, you, you talk about, you know, where... Nick Gonzalez could go if, if he's an option for the Royals at four. You know, the Royals did pick yeah. uh, three pitchers in 2018, all before the 36th overall pick. So they loaded up there, and they had some real good players fall to them, particularly Brady Singer out of the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. So I have a tendency to think that they are not going to look for a pitcher there. Now, again, Agreed. that could be Asa Lacey if he's still there on the board. Right. But there's exceptions he's, he's to in talks. Rule. Exactly. He's in talks to possibly go second or third, so I don't even think that'll be an option. So I do see the Royals, you know, going with a bat there to to keep the the, the intrigue and the interest going all around. Yeah, I, I don't see Veen sliding back to sixth, even though there had been speculation at time that he may even still be available for the Rockies at nine. I think that might have been wishful thinking yeah. by, by some people out here. And also, he's probably going to be an exception to the rule here. I would imagine without looking at all the lines i'm sure we'll get into more that more often than not you're gonna want to take uh the the over on the high school players they're going Mm -hmm. to drop in this draft more than than anybody else zach veen is just so good he's drawn comparisons to cody bellinger Uh, i just that's that's a guy that that's a top five pick i'll be surprised if he's back there at six yeah i'm with you and i like that he feels like even if he doesn't go at four, if Nick Gonzalez is the pick at four, you've got that landing spot at five where you feel pretty safe. He'll still be off the board. Let's stick with those prep outfielders, though, because that's where, you know, more volatile with where they'll go. I think you also might be getting a little more leeway with these lines. Uh, so Robert Hassel, for example, a guy who the the Rockies have been rumored to be very high on. Uh, you know, really appealing swing and hit tool and his upside as a potential center fielder, I think has teams intrigued, which is why he's been rumored to go both to the Padres at eight or the Rockies at nine line. Here's at 10 and a half. Of course, anything could happen exception to any rule. Do we like the under, uh, like I'm suggesting here? I do. I, I like the under, I, it, they set a really good line. They, they make it interesting yeah. and it allows, allows you to go either way and feel good about it. But I do think it'll be an under. I, I, the Padres are the team that I, I think could go up and, and grab Hassel the third. You know, if, if that's not the case, you know, I, I don't know that the Rockies are going to go with a, with a prep bat. You yeah. know, but again, that's part of the intrigue of, of the MLB draft is that teams are given a bonus pool of money to spend on players. Mm-hmm. So if they decide to, to take someone like Robert Hassel III, they can say, look, we want you, but only at this price. It's going to save us half a million dollars, and now they can go with their 35th pick. They could go ahead and entice maybe another high school player that they're able to kind of convince him to, to not go to college and, and stick with their organization. So they can almost get two top 15 picks for the price of one, which is what makes, you know, these high school players so volatile because you want some assurance with a college player, but you could get very creative and work out a deal where you save some money and use it later on in the draft. That's yeah. a really interesting point. Yeah, Drew. Yeah. So how do you feel about Hassel there? Ten and a half? 
I, I tend to agree, and then you know, there's the chance still that the Angels pick him up there at right. ten if the if the Padres pass on him. Uh, I'm with Patrick, where I think the Rockies' interest in him probably came from a, a before time where they thought some of these intriguing pitchers may be off the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they hadn't looked into them as much. Their stock hadn't risen quite mm-hmm. as well. I, I think now they they look at a few other guys who are going to be available there. So I, I don't think Hassel goes to the Rockies, but I think the chances are high he goes to San Diego or L.A. And uh, that'd be a pretty good pick for those teams as well. Is, is there any guy on the list who say, hey, you know, the Rockies, this guy is not going to fall past them at nine? Is there a guy there that you just say, like, you know, uh, maybe you're looking at Hessen Kerstad, which is over under seven and a half, and you're saying, okay, well, we know he's not going to get past nine. Is that something that, you know, is there a na- couple names up here that you say that for? Well, Max Meyer is one of those guys where he's not going to get past mm-hmm. nine. He seems to be the darling of this draft in a lot of ways. Smaller compact pitcher, only six foot even, but, you know, has a lot of stuff that's going to play. Drew and I, on our DNVR Rockies podcast, we, we kind of compared him to Tim Lincecum, who, again, flamed out, had a relatively short career, has been retired for a few years, and he's only 35 years old. But in the MLB draft... But before where, that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but in an MLB draft where you can have players that are going to be selected in the top 10, think about this. That's what's so unique about MLB, is that very rarely will all 10 players selected in the top 10 picks even make it to the majors. That is a rarity. So it, there's so much unpredictability, and, and it's hard to project things. But Max Meyer is a guy that projects to be a guy who he's going to be in the majors for a handful of years at worst. So he's got a really high floor, and he's a guy that I really don't see any way that, that Colorado could let, that, let him slip past them at nine, should he even go that long. Mm, that gets me excited. Is Emerson Hancock another one in that group? I know I know you guys have been high on him. You like the Georgia product. He's at six and a half. And again, we did the little game, right? The four, five, six game. I think Meyer could factor into that, which is why I'm more skeptical on his five and a half line. Hancock, I'm not sure he factors into the top six. So I kind of like the over six and a half, but I know you guys are high on him. He, he's very interesting. I don't know if he's available there, that the Rockies go that route. You know, he had a huge sophomore season, and he's had yeah. some, you know, uh, questions about his arm uh, injury-wise. I don't know what the medicals look like. But, you know, a, a few years ago in that big Troy Tulowitzki deal, of course, they acquired Jeff Hoffman, who was selected in the first round by the Blue Jays, immediately had Tommy John surgery. And although, again, he was able, he's been able to contribute in the major leagues – you have to question whether or not that had some impact on his, you know, ability to develop and, you know, be a fully fledged contributing major leaguer like like they were hoping for in that deal. So Hancock has a similar profile like that. He's got the college experience where Hoffman, uh, you know, came out of a smaller school in East Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they want to go that route again and, and and take their chances and keep their fingers crossed and hope. Hopefully, we don't have another Jeff Hoffman situation here. They can't afford to do that this year. Yeah, he could be one of those guys who slips. He, he's been falling a little bit, and I could see him being on the board there for the Rockies and them being like, you know, we we already like our guy. Whether it be if Max Meyer is still available or if it's Reed Detmers, I could mm-hmm. see them taking either of those guys over Hancock, which is crazy because 
before the last season of amateur baseball was played, Emerson Hancock was the consensus number one pitcher in this draft. He's been passed by Asa Lacey now, but uh, that he might be the fourth pitcher, fifth pitcher off the board. It also speaks to the, the depth of the pitching talent here, but I just don't think he quite profiles as the, the type of guy that the Rockies want. So even if he were to be, you know, a projected number four, number five talent available there at number nine, I don't know that they care. And that might be wise. Nice. Yeah. I, I think we've got a big, uh, big opportunity here with the six and a half on Hancock from everything you are saying. I think you're saying you could set that line at nine. You might still take the over. So definitely take the over on the six and a half for the Georgia product. And yeah, just such an odd draft for a guy like Hancock, right? Because there's the, the injury concerns and the fact that his final season's cut short because everyone's in lockdown. Well, he's really, it, it's like a double whammy for him. You know, that exactly. that's going to hurt him doubly. Um, and then there's the other back to the prep outfielders. You, you guys can't stop me. Austin Hendrick. He's at 15 and a half. I think this is another interesting one. He's a intriguing prospect, best power of maybe uh, certainly any prep bat in the class, maybe any bat that's not uh, the Arkansas uh, Danish outfielder, but he's, he's a little older for most high school guys. And, uh, you know, I know there's some concerns which has made him all over. I've seen him anywhere from seven to 18, but I think his sweet spot's more seven to 12, which is why I like the under his 15 and a half line. Yeah, I think the Pirates are going to be a little bit enamored with this guy. And if they're not, he's going to slip. Now, mm-hmm. Hendrick has got a you know power left-handed bat. There's yep. four of them. You know, the top prep bats are all left-handed. Robert mm-hmm. Hassel III we talked about. Um, Zach Pete Veen, Cro- of course. Zach Veen, Pete Crow Armstrong. Yep. Uh, there's there's a lot of them out there. And, yeah. and Hendrick is a guy from West Allegheny High School. His high school is a 21-minute drive to mm. PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Yeah. These are the things I'm interested in and the details and fun facts you're going to get on our coverage tomorrow. So he's right in their backyard. And you got to think Pittsburgh's going to say, we, we want this hometown boy to do it. Everything is there. Yeah, they could go with a college guy and have you know a more guaranteed route to the majors for him. But it, it's it's always a crapshoot, so you might, might as well take a local guy uh, who can do some good things for your community. So I think seven could be where he goes, and you know if his if his over underline is at fifteen and a half, that seems like a lock. But if Pittsburgh doesn't take him, that's when you're going to be seeing Rob Manfred go into the podium, and you're going to want to be hearing. Come on. I want to hear Austin. I want another Austin. We heard Austin Martin. I want to hear Austin Hendrick. Mm-hmm. And you might not get it until 16, 17. So mm, you got to be cautious that, on that, that one. That one's definitely tricky. Because, I, yeah, I agree with Patrick. If he goes ahead, it's to that one team. You're banking on Pittsburgh taking him uh, because a lot of these other teams are going to be really leery about high school guys. Remember, the, yeah. the entire future of the minor leagues is in question. There have been no minor leagues this year that aren't going to be. Nobody right. knows what the rookie level and, and lower levels are going to look like in the yeah. near future. And that's normally where you'd stash a high school guy. Um, so it's just, if you want to take that risk, you can, but it is a risk. Well, I know there's a rumor that maybe a top 10 team will kind of punt on their first round pick yeah. and take someone who kind of fits exactly what Austin Hendricks profile is, 
So I wonder if that could be where the under 15 and a half saves you. I've seen him mock to Cincinnati as well, but that's interesting where seven's that real key point. He gets past that. All of a sudden, that 15 and a half line's <laughs> looking a little rougher. Mm-hmm. Um, one that was really interesting in part because he's one of the guys I'm studying up um, as our prep for the 35th pick of the Rockies is Sale Sicconi. In Italian, I'd pronounce it Cicconi, but I definitely know that's not how he pronounces it. Really interesting uh, power pitcher from Miami, a guy who came in 2018 draft with a big reputation as a prep arm, decides to go back to, to, to go the school route and has had a bit of an up and down career, maybe not living up to that potential. His line, though, was set at 22 and a half. And again, he's a guy I'm prepping for for the 35th pick. Am I missing anything or is this one of those unders that you hit just? over and over before they adjust the line. You know, he's got four quality pitches and, you know, he's still kind of rebounding from some injuries in in high school, but Slade Ciccioni is a guy that I would definitely have (laughs) to take the over on that one because, as you said, yeah, a lot of the prognosticators, including Drew and I, we have him going later on, could be even available on the board for the Rockies at 35. You know, he's... He shared some time, you know, with Chris McMahon at the University of Miami. So you got two Hurricanes pitchers right there for the taking. And, yeah, there's still some questions about him. And that line was, was, was almost shocking that I saw it so low. So unless, you know, they've, they've got some intel on that, I think that one you definitely could hammer the over for Sichoni. Now, the guy's trending in the wrong direction, and that's not normally right. something that you see out of a guy. I don't know why his, his draft stock has been going up when his his performance has been going down. Right. That's, that's And I actually, I will say, I still like the profile. And if he's there at 35, it could be a very interesting uh, conversation for uh, the Rockies. But one of the notes that I have on him is that he was better in high school than he was in college, and that's not typically a good sign. Uh, so I, I would be surprised if, yeah, I'm with you. That might be the the I don't know the the lock of the that we've talked about so far here. I, I would hammer the over on that thing. Right. It feels like our margin of error more than like two three picks is like twelve picks. So I like that. I like that wider margin of error. Yeah. Feels yeah. Good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, one I'm interested in, Patrick Bailey, first kind of seen by many to be the first college catcher to go off the board, could threaten to go in the top 15. I guess I've seen the White Sox at 11, correct me if I'm wrong, as maybe a team that might be interested. His line, though, set at 12 and a half. He's one of those where it feels like if the White Sox go in another direction, maybe a prep arm, which we haven't uh, talked about any prep arms amazingly, which kind of tells you the state of this class. Is Patrick Bailey at 12 and a half and easy, easy money on the over if you get past the, the Sox there? The Sox seem to be, be the one route that he's, he's most likely to end up in. That's, that's another one that's very thin margin of error that I would yeah. probably stay right. away from. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the track record on catchers is, you know, is not very good for guys, you know, making it to the majors. And with only five rounds, you know, the Rockies have six pick in the – picks in those five rounds there's a couple teams that only have three the yankees have three picks so they can't miss right a lot of teams have four and five you you just can't miss even though you can sign players after the fifth round for twenty thousand dollars no player in their right mind would do it because 
if you go in the 10th round next year, you're still going to get a quarter of a million dollars. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's not a lot of movement there. I, I don't think for, for Bailey in that case, because catchers are, are just an unknown commodity in in so many ways. He's good behind the plate, you know, can hit from both sides at, you know, NC state and, you know, but as long as there's one team out there that wants to covet him as, you know, this draft class is Adley Rushman, who went first overall last year to the Orioles. I mean, that's all it takes. But my my gut says he's he's going to be an over because I just don't see the upside there for him. Yeah. Not because of who he is as a hitter. If he moves off of catcher, it could be different. But as a backstop, man, it's just hard to project a guy like that sticking around. Uh. Real quick, in the NFL, in these types of conversations, we would talk a lot about positional value. We'd be saying, hey, you know, uh, a center just isn't going to go in the top 10 no matter how good everyone says he is. Is there players like that that you're seeing in this draft where it's, okay, well, this guy is elite at this position, but the teams just don't value that position high enough for him to go that high? Or is there a guy like, you know, a couple of years ago, we had Quentin Nelson in the, in the NFL draft. Who it was just like, well, guard isn't, isn't usually a valued position. This guy is so good that position value just doesn't matter. Well, let's put it, let me put it to you like this. We've got it right here for the Rockies. They had, two middle infielders as they were drafted and they go ahead and convert those guys into catchers. And I'm talking about Dom Nunez and Tony Walters. So uh, maybe the NFL equivalent is signing a guy to be a punter. And now he's your long snapper. Like, okay, (laughs) if you can find value in doing that, go for it. So, you know, a lot of organizations do that. You know, the Rockies like athletic guys so they can move them all around the infield outfield. They've got positional flexibility, but, as, as far as catchers go, there there was a guy at, at a, a Louisville who, you know, if the Rockies go ahead and, and take the chalk and go with Reed Detmers at nine, they might be able to convince this guy to sign for $20,000 to play with Detmers, his, his former and current teammate. And his name, it's a gentleman by the name of Zach Britton, just like the pitcher for the Yankees. Now, he's an outfielder that has spent some time as a catcher. So, you know, Mark Stripmatter of the Rockies, he's got some fantastic abilities developing those catchers. Again, look at Nunez. Look at what Tony Walters did, um, converting to the position. And with the, the state of baseball always in flux and there, there being a potential for an automated strike zone, well, now do you need a guy who's you know, uh, needs to work on his pitch framing abilities. Now you just took one element out of what makes catching so hard. You just took it completely out of the mix. And now you can go ahead and get creative and, 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 and find a, a gem or a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Yep. Catchers can often not remain catchers when taken. Uh, the Rockies have had plenty of those over the years. They've also had a couple that they insisted remain catchers that they shouldn't have. Shout out to Willie and Rosario. Um, uh, baby ball. literally the the former gm of the team told me we should have made that guy a left fielder when he was in a ball you know because yeah. he could rake and he could right. not catch because catching is really really hard and uh it's just tough to project those guys so yeah throughout the draft any of those guys you know some of them you, you, you go well you could repurpose them as an outfielder and, and you're taking the bat more than anything but that's that's the difficulty with a guy like Patrick Bailey, who's a defense first catcher. And I love Patrick Bailey and I love the profile, but 
Yeah, it's you can't spend too many resources on catcher. You you just can't do it. Uh, and then okay, the other answer to that not that too many uh, people get mixed up in this, but relief pitchers or people who maybe profile more to be relief pitchers don't draft those guys. The Rockies have tried it a couple of times. It's blown up in their faces. Um, even if you you know if you've got it as a backup plan, that's okay. But even then, I mean, look at Riley Pint right now. That was kind of the idea. It's like, well, this guy's got an amazing arm. If he doesn't work out as a starter, we'll convert him to a reliever. What happens now? <laughs> you know, he's been converted to a reliever. Turns out you still have to throw strikes. Um, so, you know, those those raw arms, you know, be, be leery of the concept of this guy really profiles better as, as a reliever. If that's already something we're talking about, that's a problem. Uh, you you don't want to be making that move until you're at double A. Yeah. Uh, I have one more for you, and it's our, our Dane that Ryan knows how to pronounce better than me. He's a uh, plays outfield for the University of Arkansas, probably best uh, power tool in the entire class. Heston Kirkstad. 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 Over over under seven and a half. I get that he could be in play at seven, where we've talked about Austin Hendrick being in play there too. Um, but we could see some pitchers going to the Pirates potentially at that spot as well. Talk about no margin for error. I mean, it's boom or bust with that seven pick, and then it, he gone. So yeah, I like the over on this seven and a half. I I don't know if you guys agree with me. Yeah, I take the over on that because yep. again, as you said, very thin margin of error. The Pirates, you know, they're they can be a wild card uh, at least this year. Mm-hmm. They they have in the past in a lot of different ways. So, True. you know, a lot of people are are, are questioning his his swing and miss abilities. You know, it's yep. it's kind of all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the walk rate isn't entirely there. AJ Hayfley, who we had we had a fun debate on our our podcast today uh, about the, exactly that. If if he's not a three a, a real three true outcome guy. He's not a guy who's going to hit a home run, strike out, or walk. He's either going to hit a home run or walk, mm-hmm. and so that that means he's striking out fifty percent of the time, you know, <laughs> rather than one third, uh, theoretically. So, uh, I would, uh, you're a wise man, and that's why they call you the math magician. I would also take the over there, Andre. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> My last one for you guys isn't as much betting, but just kind of set the stage for to me for me tomorrow. Who is the Rockies' Jerry Judy? We talked all before the NFL draft. Oh, if Jerry Judy just falls to 15 by some miracle, that would be incredible. Who is the guy that if every pick, oh, he's dropped past four, he's dropped past five, you guys are going to say, no way. Is it, is it possible? Could he fall to nine? Who's there, Jerry Judy? Max Meyer. Bingo. I, okay. I, I, think, wow. I think we talked ourselves into Meyer. And I was actually surprised wow. to see his line at 5.5. Yeah. Like that someone out there's that gotten real excited about Meyer. He he hadn't been projected to go at six. And most of the stuff we had seen, he was right there at actually 10 or 11. And it was really the Rockies would have their choice between him and Detmers. I started as a Detmers guy. I think he'll be there. And I think Detmers is more than a, a consolation pick. He's not a plan B. It's like, Dre's not sold on Detmers at all. <laughs> Dre, Dre's not into it. He's not, I'm not into it. No. And for the people who aren't sold on it, for the people I haven't been able to sell on Detmers, I think that's where the excitement would come. If Myers is still on the board at nine and the Rockies take him, that's probably as excited as, as you'll see Patrick and I be tomorrow if that, if that manages mm. to happen. Yeah, Detmers is the guy that if they get – 
okay, cool, great. He was there, you know, or somebody else, you know, if Detmers ends up ends up going to the Padres or something like that, that means there's going to be somebody else on the board. And even if they, they, they pick somebody that's that's further down in the, in the teens as far as our power rankings go, um, we know that that's going to mean something for the 35th and 46th pick. But if you want the Jerry Judy, you know, Jerry Judy is an alliterative name. Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. That was the whole story of this first hour plus. Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. Now, Max Meyer, Max Meyer. Another alliteration that's going to keep our 2020 MLB draft show that much more exciting tomorrow. Mm. Love it, love it. Dre, you you didn't seem to necessarily agree. Do you have another person? No, in mind? no, I'm all on board. Max Meyer is like Von Miller. I like him <laughs> so much. I'm not reading about him. I'm not watching clips. I'm not allowing myself to get excited about him because it's not happening. He's going to the Jays or he's going to the, the Mariners, I think. I, I just don't think he gets out of the top six. But I would love that. I mean, Tim Linscombe, I went on like five years of my life. Every time I'd watch him pitch, like, boy, it would have been nice to draft him. Um, <laughs> that, that faded quickly, thankfully. But still. Um, so, no, I'm on board. It's, it's, a, it's Reed Detmers that I'm, I'm just not on board with. But maybe that's just uh, because I'm, I'm built to have draft rivalries with AJ, and I, I can't shake it. You know, he, he's put his stake in the ground, and I've put mine. So that's fine. All right, Max Meyer it is. I'll be uh, crossing my fingers. And, you know, what Dre just said sounds a lot like what I said before the uh, the NFL draft. I kept saying if they want Judy, they got to trade up. They got to trade up. He's going to go. But maybe the stars align. Okay, before we let you go, do either of you have any KBO picks you want to throw at us for tonight? It's a Jokic oh. night, boys. I'll always go with Jokic, first of all. Don't. You know, at least never bet against NC Dinos, man. My Dinos against the Doosan Bears. You you just can't go wrong. You know, they're they're not as hot as when they started the season, uh, ten and one. So they've cooled down just a little bit, but you know, they they've got the best squad, I think, overall still in, in the KBO. So um, I would go hard on, on them at home. We're starting to see some fans in the building and, and so that could, you know, be a nice positive mm-hmm. impact for them as they are one of the first to kind of experience that that home field bump against the bears tonight all right finally a home field advantage and some betting lines <laughs> it's been a while yeah since we've had it's been a minute problems. man it's right. been a minute yeah take the road dog <laughs> yeah lots of road dogs over here you can say that again so are you given the one and a half there patrick or are you taking the money line minus 210 oof uh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take the one and a half. I'm gonna take the one and a half because okay. these games right, are, love it. are blowouts. Yeah, that's how it's done. Knows. Yeah, that's, that's how it. it's that's how done. Do it. Well done. Well done. Got a gambler on our hands. Yeah. All right. Well, tomorrow night, five o'clock. That's DNVR Draft Day Live, MLB Draft Edition. It should be awesome. You heard all the guests. You just saw these two who were guests for us. They're awesome. Uh, and nowhere else will you get this type of coverage from a Rocky standpoint. You just won't find it. You might not find this about any team anywhere across the country. So make sure you tune in. Like I said, come down to the bar, have a beer, watch these guys up on the screen. It should be a good time. Uh, but we're going to let these guys go before we get to our KBO pick. So shout out to you guys, and we'll, and we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers, fellas. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. All right, Dre, before we get into our KBO picks, a shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook. 
awesome deals available right now. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Sign-up bonus up to $1,000, I said. Don't forget, enter code DNVR and use that code to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You definitely want to get in on DraftKings. You don't want to miss out on these deals. You don't want to miss out on some of these Colorado-specific props that are available right now. It's the only place you can get DNVR specials, which is another boost. You know, the custom-created props by basically Dre and myself, and with some help from the Drews and Patricks and Adams and Harrisons Mm -hmm. of the world, uh, we have a lot of uh of different people kind of chiming in here as we get these dnvr specials so make sure you go to DraftKings sportsbook draftkings.com slash sportsbook and get signed up today okay dre well let's done. get into it kbo time yes i'll lead us off uh <laughs> i'm going bears dinos over 10 and a half i think we're gonna have a high scoring matchup there tonight bears uh, between dinos. the bears and dinos I was looking at that one after Patrick was talking. I'm I'm a little scared off by that pitching matchup. I'm just going to tell you. Though I love that match. Those two teams. I love those two teams to pick an over with. But I'm just putting that out there. Ten and a half, though, seems seems reasonable. I'm yeah. That's kind of what I was looking at. If it was up 11, 12, which is actually where I thought it might be. Right. Uh, I, I pull back. Ten and a half seems reasonable to me. Right. And even if the starters are good, you know, there's plenty of time for these bullpens to screw it up in the KBO. I'm taking as my first pick Eagles Giants over 10 Uh, like that pitching matchup uh, quite a bit. And we know the Giants can rake. Hopefully the Eagles can hold up their side of the bargain. So you said it's a Jokish night. Sure is. And the over under in the Heroes Lions game is 10 and a half. Now, the team total for samsung lions is three and a half so you're giving up quite a bit to go on that side of things Mm -hmm. are you willing to risk the heroes going off with the bats to get a little more safety on the under there or are you just going to go with the three and a half i gotta go with the three and a half because i'm getting at a plus 100 i love that also, I'm I'm scared off by the total because uh, the the Lions have a really bad pitcher, like really bad, which is why I'm doubling down and I'm also taking the Heroes over six and a half. Okay, so you're playing both sides of it here. I like both sides. I like that. Which definitely makes sense to take the team. Uh, and just to give you an idea of what DraftKings thinks of this matchup, they've got Kiwum at almost minus three hundred. To win, even if you give up the one and a half, you're you're only getting minus one seventy five. So they're basically saying, like, if you want to get even close to even money here, you're going to have to give up a lot. So I think they're with you, Andre. I think uh, DraftKings sees this as like an eight one type of game here tonight. Right. And in fact, I'm going to take that one and a half too. I'm taking four KBO bets, three are Yokish related. So there you go. Wow. Sticking to what I know. (laughs) Why not? All right. Well. I'm going to ride with you on two of those three in terms of the under on Lions, over on Heroes. Uh, And 
man, my twins are struggling right now. I usually like to get a twins mm-hmm. bet in here. I look around, I see what they got, and I just don't really like anything. So those will be my three for tonight. Okay. Tucson and NC over 10 and a half. Got Lions under three and a half. Heroes over six and a half, correct? Yes, that's right. There it is. All right. Okay. So, I Like some baked goods from home, I've got two extra lines for us. I want to make sure these are on the right days and I'm not screwing this up. But there should be tomorrow. Oh, no, it's Friday. Never mind. Wait, can you give us a preview of what we're going to yeah, hear yeah, from you tomorrow? Yeah. We finally have some Italian soccer, so I'm going all in. The math Ooh. magician is steering away from the math and going all in with the heart. So get ready for that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, we will catch up with you guys tomorrow. We're yes. uh, excited to talk about Italian soccer with you, Andre. And, of course, get ready for dnvr draft day live with our guys patrick and drew really excited to have those guys on are really excited to see those guys cover the draft and really thankful for those guys for coming on tonight so all right we will talk to you tomorrow and uh that's gonna wrap it up for us